Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about premature labour. And you can find written notes on this topic at zerotofinals.com slash premature or in the labour and delivery section of the Zero to Finals Obstetrics and Gynaecology book. So let's get straight into it. Let's start with some basic definitions. Rupture of membranes refers to when the amniotic sac has ruptured. Spontaneous rupture of membranes refers to when the amniotic sac has ruptured spontaneously, without any interventions. Premature rupture of membranes refers to when the amniotic sac has ruptured before the onset of labour. Premature pre-labour rupture of membranes refers to when the amniotic sac has ruptured before the onset of labour and before 37 weeks gestation, meaning it's preterm. Prolonged rupture of membranes refers to when the amniotic sac ruptures more than 18 hours before delivery of the baby. Next, let's touch on prematurity. Prematurity is defined as birth before 37 weeks gestation. The more premature the baby, the worse the outcomes. Babies are considered non-viable before 23 weeks gestation when they're considered not to be able to survive. Generally, from 23 to 24 weeks gestation, resuscitation is not considered in babies that do not show signs of life after delivery. Babies born at 23 weeks gestation have around a 10% chance of survival. From 24 weeks gestation onwards, there is an increased chance of survival and full resuscitation is offered. The World Health Organization classify prematurity as when they're under 28 weeks, that's extreme preterm, 28 to 32 weeks is very preterm, and 32 to 37 weeks is moderate to late preterm. Next, let's talk about prophylaxis of preterm labor. Let's talk about vaginal progesterone. Progesterone can be given vaginally via a gel or a pessary as prophylaxis for preterm labour. Progesterone has a role in maintaining pregnancy and preventing labour by decreasing activity of the myometrium, which is the muscle layer of the uterus, and preventing the cervix from remodelling in preparation for delivery. This is offered to women who have a cervical length or a length of their cervix of less than 25 millimetres, when they have a vaginal ultrasound scan between 16 and 24 weeks gestation. Another method of prophylaxis for preterm labour is cervical cerclage. Cervical cerclage involves putting a stitch into the cervix to add support and keep it closed. This involves a spinal or a general anaesthetic. The stitch is removed when the woman goes into labour or reaches term. Cervical cerclage is offered to women who have a cervical length of less than 25mm on a vaginal ultrasound scan performed between 16 and 24 weeks gestation when they've previously had a premature birth or cervical trauma, for example a colposcopy and cone biopsy of the cervix. Rescue cervical cerclage which means a stitch is put in quite quickly to prevent progression and premature delivery, 
may be offered to women who have a dilating cervix when they haven't ruptured their membranes between 16 and 27 plus 6 weeks gestation. So this is when the cervix is dilating too early but the membranes have not ruptured and a stitch is put in in order to prevent progression. Next let's talk about preterm pre-labor rupture of membranes. Preterm pre-labor rupture of membranes is where the amniotic sac ruptures releasing amniotic fluid before the onset of labor and in a preterm pregnancy meaning less than 37 weeks gestation. How is this diagnosed? Rupture of membranes can be diagnosed by speculum examination revealing pooling of the amniotic fluid in the vagina. No tests are required. Where there is doubt about the diagnosis, tests can be performed. Insulin-like growth factor binding protein 1 is a protein present in high concentration in amniotic fluid which can be tested on the vaginal fluid if there's doubt about whether the fluid is from rupture of membranes. Testing for placental alpha microglobin 1 is a similar alternative. So how is preterm pre-labor rupture of membranes managed? Prophylactic antibiotics should be given to prevent development of chorioamnionitis. The NICE guidelines from 2019 recommend erythromycin 250mg 4 times daily for 10 days or until labour is established if this is within 10 days. Induction of labour may be offered from 34 weeks to initiate the onset of labour. Next let's talk about preterm labour with intact membranes. Preterm labour with intact membranes involves regular painful contractions and cervical dilatation without rupture of the amniotic sac. So how is preterm labour with intact membranes diagnosed? Clinical assessment includes a speculum examination to assess for cervical dilatation. The NICE guidelines from 2017 recommend that if it's less than 30 weeks gestation, Clinical assessment alone is enough to offer management of premature labour. If it's more than 30 weeks gestation, a transvaginal ultrasound can be used to assess the cervical length. When the cervical length on the ultrasound is less than 15mm, management of preterm labour can be offered. A cervical length of more than 15mm indicates preterm labour is unlikely. Fetal fibronectin is an alternative test to the vaginal ultrasound. Fetal fibronectin is the glue between the chorion and the uterus and it's found in the vagina during labour. A result of less than 50 nanograms per milliliter is considered negative and indicates that preterm labour is unlikely. Next let's talk about the management of preterm labour. There are several options for improving the outcomes in preterm labour. These options include fetal monitoring with a CTG or intermittent auscultation of the fetal heartbeat, tocolysis with nifedipine, and nifedipine is a calcium channel blocker that suppresses labour, maternal corticosteroids which can be offered before 35 weeks gestation to reduce neonatal morbidity and mortality, 
IV magnesium sulfate can be given before 34 weeks gestation and helps protect the baby's brain. And delayed cord clamping or cord milking can increase the circulating blood volume and the haemoglobin in the baby at birth. We need to talk about these options for improving outcomes in preterm labour in more detail, starting with tocolysis. Tocolysis involves using medications to stop uterine contractions. Nifedipine, which is a calcium channel blocker, is the medication of choice for tocolysis. Atosiban is an oxytocin receptor antagonist that can be used as an alternative when nifedipine is contraindicated. Tocolysis can be used between 24 and 33 plus 6 weeks of gestation in preterm labour in order to delay delivery and buy time for further fetal management, administration of maternal steroids or transfer to a more specialist unit, for example a unit with a neonatal intensive care unit. It's only used as a short-term measure, for example less than 48 hours. Next let's talk about antenatal steroids. Giving the mother corticosteroids helps to develop the fetal lungs and reduce the risk of fetal distress syndrome after delivery. They can be used in women with suspected preterm labour that are less than 36 weeks gestation. An example regime would be two doses of intramuscular betamethasone 24 hours apart. Finally, let's talk about magnesium sulfate. Giving the mother IV magnesium sulfate helps to protect the fetal brain during premature delivery. It reduces the risk and the severity of cerebral palsy, which is essentially a brain injury in the newborn. Magnesium sulfate is given to the mother within 24 hours prior to delivery of preterm babies of less than 34 weeks gestation. It's given as a bolus followed by an infusion for up to 24 hours or until birth. Mothers need close monitoring for magnesium toxicity at least 4 hourly while they're on a magnesium sulfate infusion. This involves close monitoring of their observations as well as their tendon reflexes, usually the patella reflex. The key signs of toxicity are a reduced respiratory rate, reduced blood pressure and absent tendon reflexes. So thanks for listening to this episode on premature labour. As always, a big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing the podcast. If you like the podcast, consider supporting Zero to Finals on Patreon, where you'll get early access to the podcast episodes, as well as many other benefits, including access to the Zero to Finals flashcards. And I hope you join me for the next episode, which will be on the induction of labour.